Hey guys, ECRG here. What you're about to hear after the intro is the wrap up, what I recorded right after my first, very first clinical research associate interview. This was before the decision comes out. So another video will be up about, you know, what the decision was. This is just about the interview process and the interview day. So enjoy. Hey guys, just wanted to talk a little bit about the clinical research associate interview I just went on. Just got back to not too long ago from the interview and I think it overall went really well. Um, you know, these interviews, as they've shifted more in the, in the um, place of clinical research, they call them entry level positions, but they're, they're literally just level one CRA positions. They're not for people with zero experience. Um, they really tore into my experience a lot during the interview, but it's all factual. A lot of people lie about their experience, but if you have to back, if you know your experience, you know your resume, and better better off, you've actually done it. Um, you know, there's no really preparation that you have to do because you've done all that stuff. They're just asking about it. And a lot of people perpetrate on their resumes and say they've done things. Well, when all they can find out very quickly by just asking one simple question and they'll know for sure if you've done it or not done it. So they seem to all, and the way it was set up was there were four people back to back to back. There were three people. One was, um, you know, like one of the managers. One was somebody in the startup unit, like study startup unit. Another one was another manager, like a, a project manager slash CRA. And then another one was uh, someone in HR. So all four of those people, I think the HR person was first. But, you, you know, you interviewed with all four of those people back to back to back. So it ended up taking like two hours, two and a half hours to do all those interviews. And you're pretty uh, drained by the end of it because... You know, they all ask similar questions like, you know, why this company, um, you know, how'd you get into clinical research or what makes you the good fit for this role? Well, what makes you want to be a clinical research associate, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you got to have some good sound reasoning for that because, you know, the cat's out the bag. CRAs make really good money and they don't want people going into it for the wrong reasons anymore. They don't want people just wanting to be CRAs to make a whole bunch of money and, no one, no one wants wants to do something. No one wants to know that someone's doing it just for the money, even though that could be the reason. And you know, sometimes it's all right to be honest with yourself and with other people why you're doing things. But in the interview, that's not something good to say. Um, but you know, over, overall went pretty well. They asked the standard questions, and then you know, common in the interviews are behavioral style questions. And uh, you know, by the time this comes out, I'll probably have done a bunch of videos already on that or talk about it a bunch on the channel um, about behavioral style inter interviews. And that's really where the industry, I think, is moving towards because I've done a lot of interviewing in behavioral style interviews. Even when I first got into the industry a couple of years ago, a few years ago now, um, behavioral style questions is what they asked. And those questions are good because they don't have to necessarily tailor them to the position. They can ask them, you know, describe a time where your manager pushed back and you had to stand your ground. You know, that could be a, 
that could be a question for a study coordinator, a project manager, a CRA, a data manager. I mean, that question can apply to everything. And it's not, so it's, it's good for that, but also you get to see how people react and act in certain situations. So that's something you definitely want to prepare for. And really the best way to prepare for that is just have examples ready for those type of situations. And I like having some broad examples. So I had a few broad examples prepared that I had thought about before. And, you know, you just really lean on those. And to be honest with you, I will change the outcome of the story as I'm saying it to fit the narrative. So you have a few few of these stories and then you kind of fit the you've kind of fit them to the narrative that they want, to the question that they want. Uh, you know, if they say describe a time where you like, you know, actually one of the one of the questions they asked was um, describe a time where you had to make a decision, but you couldn't ask anybody. There was no manager or something like that. So luckily I had a situation that was, you know, cookie cuttered for that. But they do ask questions where you may not have a cookie cutter response or a, or a good answer for that. But you can kind of mold one of your stories to that. Um, and even make up the the results, make up make up something. Maybe maybe it was your your failed story, but you could turn it into a success or something like that. So that's what I do, and I do that in the interview because you know they only ask a few of these behavioral questions, but well, each person only asks a few of them. They all ask behavioral style questions, even the HR person. So you know that's just something to keep in mind is come up with these examples, and that's what I did, and so I think that that makes a lot of sense. To do that um, but you know some some something that's interesting about these interviews is they schedule these a lot of them for like two three hours at a time well I don't know how most people are able to just get away from work for two three hours especially when they tell you like a couple days before okay we we need you here let's say on a Wednesday at you know 11:30 a.m. but um, but, you know, they told you this on Monday. So how are you supposed to just say, you know, get up and go? So I guess people use doctor's appointments or say they get some work done in their house or something like that. They need to go back home. But I don't know. It seems like these recruiters, when they when they think about planning stuff, they don't really take that into consideration. And, you know, I've even heard of people having like after work interviews, like 4.30 or 5 o'clock interview. That's been done before, too. So that works. I mean, it's always nice when a company is willing to work around your schedule and shows that that level of empathy. So, yeah. So, um, you know, as far as like any of the preparation I did, I mean, obviously I was very nervous for the interview. This is the position that I, you know, my dream position that I want to be. Uh, I feel like this is probably my last stop in the clinical research field. I'm probably going to be a CRA for however long I'm in the industry. Probably won't be anything else. Uh, but we'll see, though. Of course, you know, three years down the line, five years down the line, I could be burnt out and want to just take a break, maybe uh, go back to in-house monitoring or something for a while just to get that normal schedule. But I don't know, man. CRAs get so much freedom, so many perks, so many benefits. And, you know, just even how they're treated. I mean, they, they, they do have deadlines and they do like, you know, I wouldn't say get yelled at, but they are responsible for a lot. Uh they're very important to the team, but they're also like very well respected on the team. They're also very well uh, compensated on the team. I mean, CRAs oftentimes make way more than the project manager. They can make way more than the, their manager. They can make way more than the clinical trial lead. 
Um, so they're probably the highest paid on a particular team. Definitely make more than data management, um, especially if you're a contract. If you're a contract, you're making the most by far because all that travel time is billable. And people are trying to get away from contractors at some point, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I think there's always gonna be a market for contract CRAs just because you don't wanna pay them benefits, you just wanna pay them for their time, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, this was a full-time position. It's hard to get contract positions as a CRA unless you've got a lot of experience. Most of the time, they're not gonna bring you in as a contractor for a new CRA. Um, I've heard anywhere five to 10 years of experience before you can be a contractor. So we'll see. Uh, I think that's definitely something I want to do in the future is be a contractor, but you got to kind of get in how you fit in. And uh, let's see, anything else they asked? Um, I didn't actually, one thing I forgot, actually two things I forgot. I actually forgot a pen. Um, normally I have a little like portfolio thing, like a leather portfolio, and it has places for business cards and pens. But luckily, they all gave me their business cards, which have their email addresses on them. So I didn't have to ask, like, oh, what's your email address? So that was good. Um, and I, yeah, forgot a pen. That's very embarrassing. And I can't believe I did that. Um, but I also forgot some resumes. Typically, you're supposed to print out some resumes, but got lucky again because they all had res my resume there. So I got really lucky with that. And even the recruiter was saying that, you know, she tells them to bring their cards, but they typically never do. And I got lucky that they all brought them. So all the stars were aligned that day, and I'm very happy for that. Very, very happy for that. Um, but overall, uh, you know, great, great interview. Glad it's over. They did, they did mention there could be one more at the end, but we'll see. Uh, I'm not I'm not so sure and I will say this this was for a sponsor CRA position so excited about that there's gonna be a lot of differences working for the sponsor directly rather than working for the CRO and that's because the sponsor is the boss you know what they say goes so it's gonna be slightly different there's not gonna be as much bureaucracy there's not gonna be as much going up the chain of command you know having to talk to the CRA then then having to talk to the lead CRA then lead CRA having to confer with the project manager, then the project manager having to confer with the sponsor and things like that. So that's like three, four steps to the ladder before you finally get an answer. Whereas with the sponsor, you're one step removed. Um, you know, you're able to talk to the medical monitor. And so I think that's gonna be easy, uh, easier and I think that's gonna be uh, a lot less friction and I'm excited for that. So, you know, I think all things went well. I think, uh, you know, I, I believe in my experience. I believe in my resume. I believe in, you know, what I bring to the table. So, I, and I think that was shown in the interview process, in the interview. And, you know, I hope they understand that. So, I don't know yet, as, as you're hearing this, what happened with the outcome of that interview. But I will definitely make another uh, video, another podcast about it. So, stay tuned for that. As always, guys, like the video if you're listening, share, subscribe. Hope this was helpful. Comment down below in the comment sections, too, what you thought about this. Um, and that's it, guys. Take care.